0: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Natty News Daily Podcast. Dan and I are joined here by Turkoya Rednitsky, I think I got that right, or T or Turk. You might have seen her on Instagram as Tfitty, and if you've seen her there, you know that she's a very well-developed, hopefully well-established bodybuilder in the natural bodybuilding ranks, and we're going to dive into her background today, kind of chat, just get to know her a little bit and hopefully allow you guys to get to know her as well. So I'm going to turn it over to you just for a little bit of you know, a background, how you got started, a little bit about yourself, the whole thing.
1: Sure. So my name's is as you said. Um, I guess I really wasn't looking to get into bodybuilding when it happened. I actually was on one of my friends' Snapchats in the gym, and my current diet coach saw it and was like, what are those shoulders? I need to meet this person. (laughs) And so they got me into it, Alicia and Dennis at Los uh, Campiones in Northeast. And I just started competing after that. So it wasn't this long thought out process. And I'm, I'm enjoying it because I get to learn as I go along instead of having this goal of whatever it may be and working up to it. It's, I kind of just get to enjoy the process and meet people and learn through experiences, which has been really great.
2: So okay. you had your debut season last year, right? Twenty twenty one, correct? Yep. So how long before that had had you been training? Then obviously uh... you know you got a good structure, but you know delts don't <laughs> happen on their own,
1: right? So my show was October of twenty twenty one, and I started training seriously about June of that same year. Holy crap! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So a tr- a true diamond in the rough. So let's talk about those early days of lifting. What got you into lifting? Was it sports? Was it just recreational? Let's hear that a little bit.
1: So I've always been in sports. In high school, I was in track and basketball mainly. Uh, college, I did track for my first year, and then I switched to rugby. And then I did CrossFit for a while, and all of those were kind of beating up my body. So I'm like, there has to be something different where I can still continue to make gains in my physique and then that's exactly the time that I kind of fell into bodybuilding. I was like, oh, this is something I can kind of do for my entire life. I plan on staying natural for my entire life. So there's a healthier aspect to it, I suppose, minus, you know, the cutting of prep and everything like that. But I also, I just wanted to take the healthiest route and something that has longevity for the rest of my life. And I landed up here.
0: Mm -hmm. And I I think that's important, right? Because it truly is. I mean, some of the greatest bodybuilders, uh, you know, of this generation or in general that are natural are mid to late thirties, and then you see guys like Jeff Alberts and you know, you know, lots of other people well into their fifties. You know, Craig Yarnell, who we interviewed, that are just still competing at a high level. And like you said, like yeah, there are certain inherent risks with lifting continuously but if you actually look at the incidence rate of injury in bodybuilders it's relatively low versus when I mean, you said rugby like it's pretty violent i played for two years and yeah the the number of injuries i had playing that was bodybuilding can't even compare hmm.
1: yeah i yeah, had a concussion so, and i was like something's got to change so <laughs> that was my yeah. big moment where i had to turn into something different
0: yeah yeah those are no fun especially as an adult where you have to go to work the next day <laughs> It's it's no longer I'll skip class and stay home and it'll be fun.
1: Uh you gotta pay bills. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's talk. You said what, like four months is when you started taking training seriously. So were you from the get-go with your diet coach? You kind of restructured things or was the training completely all you and what does that look like? I'm sure people want to know.
1: Sure. So most of my training I kind of just do what felt good for my body or something like if i hadn't been to the gym for a while i knew if i hit shoulders they would blow up right away so it would kind of gave me that you know instant gratification that us bodybuilders like which kind of kept me going uh, as for bum. the <laughs> yes and as for the diet aspect i was eating way under what a normal person should be eating when i first met alicia i think it was about 1300 calories a day um And I was like this doesn't feel healthy and it wasn't so it was an easier prep in that I didn't have to come down and lose a bunch of weight a bunch of fat it was more just kind of growing into the show which I feel just sounds easier than coming down like even this time around I'm like oh this does suck a little bit more I had to actually lose some fat and really hit the diet hard and I'm like that just was not as enjoyable as building and growing into a show
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, were the 1300 calories intentional? Were you intentionally trying to eat? Or, you know, in that regards? Or was it just that was your natural kind of tendency?
1: Um, I'm going to be transparent. And I was going through some th- some things mentally. So I just wasn't mm-hmm. hungry. I didn't have the appetite. And of course, when I saw myself looking more lean than sickly, in my opinion, I was like, Oh, this looks great. Like I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. And then I met Alicia, and she's like, No. We're going to bump your calories up. You're going to like the way you look a lot more. You're going to feel strong. You're Mm going to get through your lifts. And then I kind of, through bodybuilding, which seems kind of backwards, I developed healthier eating patterns versus Mm -hmm. I kind of hear sometimes, you know, when people see themselves on stage, they're like, I got to stay here. This is such a good look. I get so many compliments. And I actually more enjoy being on the bigger side now where I feel healthy and I can grow and I can, you know, use that time to build my muscle even more. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. There are certainly people that have issues when it comes to dieting and food relationships and stuff, but they're also just like yourself, the a large number of people too, that I feel like once you have intentionally gained X amount of weight and intentionally lost X amount of weight and understand the process, I personally, I feel much more comfortable gaining 30, 40 pounds because I know what it takes to take it right back off. So I don't stress about exactly. it as much.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. exactly.
0: I still don't look fantastic when I'm that heavy, but you know, well. (laughs) I know looking back,
1: I was like, Oh my gosh, I was huge. But in that moment, my mind wasn't, Oh, you look fat. It was, wow. Look at all the muscle you put on in the off season. So you
2: you piled on a lot of muscle. I I saw your off season shots. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That was my goal is again, I understood as a natural person, most of it probably wouldn't stick going into the show that I have in about two and a half weeks, but enough stuck where I can see a noticeable difference between last year and this year. So that's the goal cool. at the end of the day.
2: Awesome. Awesome. And going back to last year, kind of feeding into this year, last year, you debuted at an OCB show, I believe.
1: Yep. The so natural Viking.
2: Why don't you run through kind of how your season went and then transition, you know, how you're starting this season goals for the season. I think I'd love sure. to hear that.
1: So I went into it. I, about three wor- weeks before The Natural Viking, I had some snacks that I now understand I should not have had. And so I think everyone kind of goes through maybe that phase in the beginning where they're like, oh, let's, let's see what I could maybe get away with, or I'm really starving, I don't know what to do, I've never been here before, what do I do? But it wasn't bad. So I was kind of discouraged leading up into The Viking. I didn't really think I was gonna do anything special. And then I ended up winning and getting my pro card. And then there was a show two weeks later, a USBF show in Burnsville, I believe. And I ended up getting first in my class overall for pros and then second overall. So that kind of was like, wait, I might be onto something here. So this prep, I really went into it really serious. My off season I used to grow. And then this has been almost exactly to the T since about June 10th, I like started seriously coming down. So I feel I gave myself a lot more time. I understood now like that, just that feeling of cheating on your diet. You're just like, man, like I'm really just cheating myself. I'm not hurting anyone but myself after doing all this other work. So this time I had a really good head on my shoulders going into it. So I'm really excited what I'm about to do at a Yorton in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big show to jump into. So that'd be a a good test for you. You know, obviously prove that you know two shows two pro wins that uh that states a lot right um i always like to know the numbers right especially since you you know this was relatively rapid in the world of natural bodybuilding yes. <laughs> so what was the first contest weight what'd you get mm-hmm. to in the off season and then kind of what's what are you coming down to now
1: sure so my first show i was about 142 uh the second show I how say, tall are you five seven
2: five seven okay
1: um, and then my second show, like 141, still around 142, but got a little bit leaner. Um, mm-hmm. And then in my off season, I got up to about 175. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Nothing the peak to be of that of there. Was, I know, it just sounds like a lot of weight. It sounds like
2: but, a lot, but yeah, no, it, yeah. <laughs> right. I saw it, like I said, I saw the shots. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, 175. The peak was kind of February, um, and then I started the prep June 10th. At about one sixty eight and I'm one forty eight right
0: now okay, so you pulled a, a good amount off in a good amount of yes. time, but like you said, you're only a couple of weeks away, right so yes. but still some some differences on the scale. Um, yeah. Would you say that right now you're on pace for the same, if not better conditioning?
1: I would say better conditioning, but I might go on stage a couple pounds heavier, mm-hmm. which is kind of yeah. nice. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not unexpected since you haven't been competing all that long, right? Like it seems like a lot of growth potential still since you're just in the last two years, really kind of taking the bodybuilding specifically uh, serious. So that's exciting to see how much is going to change for you.
1: Yes. And so no matter what, I already know that I look better than my last peak. So Mm -hmm. no matter what happens, I can't really be upset about any, any outcome. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's a good mindset to have, right? Because a lot of people get uber competitive and, you know, oh, I got to beat this guy and, oh, I'm going to show them. Right. Like, at the end of the day, but, you're yeah. staying on stage next to him. There's no interaction. Like, you exactly. just got to, it's it's in the judge's hands. As long as you've outdone yourself, you've, you've won, right? As cliche exactly. as that is to say.
1: Exactly. That's and that's sad. what I try to keep my mindset. Like, I never... Like the first show, I maybe looked around at competitors a little bit and be like, all right, am I lean enough? Am I whatever? And this time I haven't looked at a single person and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> Just mentally, I feel much more clear. Again, I'll critique myself pretty heavily still, but I I don't really understand the, well, I have to beat this person. It's like, okay, well, I've already beat my physique from last year. And I think, mm-hmm. at least for me, that seems like the goal of bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah, it would so- be nice to win Jordan, but- yeah. that's not the
0: end all be all <laughs> no 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 self-improvement is definitely in the name of the game when it comes to that
2: but yeah, like you said day, you mean, can only control your own outcome so exactly. you know you can't control exactly. others unless you want to sa- sabotage people <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah and
0: and i think you brought up a good point there of like not really stalking the competitors on social media and all that mm-hmm. stuff because i think now if you're self-coached it's probably more of a uh concern but you see a competitor you think they're leaner and in reality it's lighting and angles and all the other garbage that people do and you dramatically change your plan and now you're throwing your plan off because of something that they're doing when you know who knows do they actually look that way or are you throwing off your symmetry and and yeah I, i was actually just listening to uh the revive stronger podcast this morning and they were talking about like when uh steve judged and like getting the inside scoop on like how you're actually judged it makes i mean there's so much more to it than what you think, right? It's not all conditioning, it's not all size. There's a balance exactly. and you can win in certain areas, lose in certain areas. So really you just gotta optimize what you have and hope that it's enough to, to edge out the other people.
1: Exactly. So yeah, I know I have a kind of a strange structure. I have a really long torso and shorter legs and then really long limbs. So I had to really build up my biceps and triceps this season. I wanted to get a little bit more lower lat development, a little bit of my like lower erectors, just because it looks kind of silly on me when my middle back is so meaty and my upper lats are good, but then it kind of just disappeared. So I did a really good job on focusing on those things because mm-hmm. it, at the very least, I would like to have the widest back on stage. That is something I do take a lot of pride in. I've worked really hard on my back and shoulders specifically.
0: I would, seeing your photos, I'd put you in contention there for sure. <laughs> Regardless of any of the other judging, I can say <laughs> the, the delts and the width, that's, that's there for sure.
2: No disagreement Uh, for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: So this is funny. You brought up erector training. This is actually something I just posted about today and I'll be posting about a series uh, going forward. Uh, Talk to me about how you specifically went about that.
1: So I don't know if you've heard of the RP Strength um, Instagram. I watch Mm -hmm. that like religiously.
2: Big fan (laughs) of RP.
1: Yes. And so I was just kind of testing out a couple movements and I always never thought that I should kind of round my lower back in a deadlift. And I started doing that with a lighter weight and I felt so much activation. And then after about three weeks of doing that consistently, I was like, wait, I can, I can kind of see them coming in a little bit. And then because of that too, I would start to have better lower lat connection throughout the rest of my workout. And I was like, Oh, and it's actually my boyfriend who showed me most of it. So I should give him some credit, but just kind of playing around with movements. I was like, okay, I feel this and it doesn't hurt. So, which may not be the, smartest way to go about some things, but I always start with the lighter weight. So if something feels off, I can kind of tell Im- immediately and then switch to something different.
2: Mm-hmm. James is the PT here. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to comment. I'm a, <laughs> I am a fan. I am a fan. Uh, so like the, the idea of like tissue resilience and tissue capacity, right? If you train the tissue progressively in a manner, it should be able to compensate and adapt. There's a lot of people that are terrified of rounding at all. When in reality, when you look at the evidence, there's rounding that's happening, even if you think you're not. So, you know, train it. Um, And it's actually something that I'm doing now for my erectors is like Jefferson deadlifts and intentionally like rounding and extending. And I saw too that you do. um, I don't know if it was more recent or it's something you've been doing, but like the, uh, I'm going to call it like a round back row as well, right? Like that extra range of motion coming from your low back, extending mm-hmm. up as you come, not being as strict with that motion. I think it's fantastic, right? The Flex- using... flexion
2: row, right? Yeah, I think yep. that's what they call it. I think call that's it. what yeah. RPs yeah. called it, yeah.
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I learned everything. And I actually hired uh, Jared Feather for my last four weeks. And I was like, man, I should have hired you before, but I love everything you do. So he's helping me these last uh, four weeks into my show
0: awesome awesome good guy good guy good coach very knowledgeable
1: super knowledgeable
0: mm-hmm. yeah cool so you talked uh, so Jordan is the first show is there yes. anything on the plan after the Jordan right now
1: so I'm thinking of maybe doing the USBF show again in Burnsville however I see that OCB has that rule now <laughs> where if you compete in a different organization then I can't compete with them for two years I'm like I'm still very conflicted.
0: I I, I think the caveat was if that show doesn't urine test and polygraph. Now, I believe, does the USBF polygraph?
1: They do not. They just do the urine testing, right? So that's where I'm like, so I'm kind of toying with the idea of maybe trying to qualify for worlds. I don't know if IPE does polygraph, but that would just be a fun show to do close enough to the Midwest where I could drive out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I believe... Now, I haven't competed with them, but I believe the IP and ANBF does polygraph okay. as well. That's I think them know. and the WNBF as well.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was my plan. But I just, I don't know. I like the fact that the USBF show is right down the street. Don't have to pay for travel. I can stay at my mm-hmm. own house because competing is much more expensive than I thought. <laughs> yes,
0: it is. Absolutely. Yes absolutely as people overlook that right and especially on the female side sorry for you guys you gotta buy I mean the hair the makeup all that stuff if I get a haircut before my show it's like $40 that's it that's my added expenses so yeah yeah there's there's a lot that goes into it and people don't understand and I don't blame you whatsoever for competing locally like yeah there's shows in California I'd love to go to but price of a plane ticket hotel there plus all the other stuff it's just it adds up until there's money in the sport which we're trying to get you know slowly eventually hopefully it's it it definitely limits people to certain you know geographical regions unless you're just the top of the top and you know you've made it and you got to go to the worlds or something like that right which yeah that's
1: It's kind of a bummer because even this charlotte show i was like all right now there's like an airline worker shortage so i don't want my flight to be you know canceled or delayed so now we decided mm-hmm. to drive and now i i don't know how my body is going to react to driving for 17 hours mm-hmm. so there's a lot of unknown variables but i'm just going to try to do the best i can and power through
0: <laughs> yeah yeah dan, dan knows all about that uh how many shows were you doing while you were driving around or prepping the last three or four weeks
2: Uh, well, I drove out for, for Mr. America. It wasn't, it wasn't a 17 hour drive though. It was a, it was a, it was a six and a half. Well, I think it turned into seven and a half cause (laughs) I got caught in Philly, but, uh, yeah. And running through a peak week and drinking way too much liquid and having to stop (laughs) to pee every 30 minutes, but that's, that's a tangent. Mm -hmm. So (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, yeah, hey, you guys you guys could do we just interviewed uh greg Brimick. if you remember dan what he and his brother did they rented an rv and the that's brother right. was com- the that, brother yeah. that was competing just laid in the back and rested the whole time while the rest Smart. of the family drove him across the country with the rv Smart. i think that's a brilliant idea it's fantastic make it a road trip
1: that's true i could maybe get some friends together but man
0: there you go there you go yeah yeah. And I mean, Charlotte's a great place to be anyway. I don't know if you're extending your stay there, but I mean, that's, I know some guys that do that, they'll go, you know, Florida vacation, they do their show and then they stay for a week and just make it, make it a whole family affair. And that's kind of the way you got to do it. With right. with the finances, the way they are, you want to make your the best of the trip. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So some potential other later shows, that's good to hear. Right. Obviously we like to, we like to follow along the journey and then what do you think, you know, You had a partial year off season. Mm -hmm. Will you extend that off season a little bit longer this next time you think you need to grow or you need the time or you want to jump right back into it after that?
1: I think I should grow for a while just because I do want to eventually come in absolutely undeniable. And I know I need to bring my Mm -hmm. legs up a little bit specifically like my quad sweep. I'd like to develop my calves a little bit more. That's one thing I've been trying to work on too. And just, Obviously, I want to put more meat on my back just because I love it. But mm-hmm. I think it all depends too if I decide to do this USBF show because then I'd really, you know, probably just take two years off because might as well. I have to take two years off from OCB anyway, so maybe at that point I would then have to requalify and then try Yorton again in a couple of years.
0: Yeah, we won't we won't dive into our opinions on certain uh, policies within other organizations. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. I've gotten into that. I had some choice words already, so I'll, I'll bite my tongue this time. But uh, yeah. I was going to suggest maybe doing Mister America, but you would run yeah. into a, a similar thing with Mister America as you would with USBF because they do not polygraph. Um, However... They might, they might, they might offer a polygraph if mm-hmm. if you request it. Because I competed last year and mm-hmm. they were offering it to OCB athletes, but OCB oh. doesn't seems to have a little bit of a I don't know thing with mr Not america a, though so
0: yeah, yeah they seem to be butting heads there's been some bands and stuff and all sorts of other fun behind the scenes i don't
2: know that there's anything that's come out of mr america directly but like the policies that they've implemented and some of the statements they made have kind of alluded to that or implied that yeah. so to speak there's been some
0: stuff, but I won't won't air it. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that would be that would be another fantastic show. I mean, that is, and we've talked about it on the podcast a couple times, I think going to be in the next couple years, like one of the pinnacles of natural bodybuilding shows. I mean, you're getting people across federations, you're getting some very big names coming. I mean, it's a cool title, right? Call yourself Mr. America, why wouldn't you want to do it? You know, in It's it's apparently a great venue this year. I know the venue last year was pretty good. I competed there at a different show. Their lighting is great and they're getting the CBS involved, right?
1: So Yeah, I saw that. That was intriguing.
0: Dan, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Everyone wants to get on TV. Dan managed to. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Dan, any any follow-up questions? Anything you want to dive into?
2: Um I don't think any follow-up questions. The only thing I would say is I think some of us are, are going to be at Mr. America. So if you do decide to, to go out there, you know, get to meet, I think myself, right. I think James, you're probably going, Leroy's going. I Try to, I there's going there's to gonna be yeah. a good crew there. So. It's
1: like what mid October. It
0: I was, so. uh,
2: it it's was tenth? the eighth last year. So I think it's somewhere around like the, I think it might yeah. be the ninth because I think it's still the, that first or second Saturday, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like mid, mid early October so
1: yeah I'll have to think about it because i still yeah. would be in shape so maybe who knows there you go maybe I'll make a surprise appearance. exactly
0: there you go there you go all right so we always like to end with a little bit of like word of wisdom right so i think this would be interesting because normally we're asking someone who's been competing for like 15 years <laughs> bodybuilding for 20 right so for someone who's you know come onto the scene made a big splash hopefully bright future long future ahead What would you say to, you know, the younger bodybuilder, just finding the sport, just getting into it, you know, where would you leave things?
1: I would first say, understand that it really does take time. I can understand that I've been an athlete for a while. So my muscles are at least developed in a sense of my athleticism. But I see a lot of people, unfortunately, who are really excited about bodybuilding, you know, maybe enter a show a little bit too soon, aren't happy with their results, and then they jump on gear. And that's just one thing that's really upsetting to see. They don't even know what their natural potential could be. Like they could look absolutely insane and they would never even give their their bodies a chance to even get to that level. And so just be patient. I know it's hard and I know it's filled with a bunch of people who, you know, love instant gratification, myself included, but you really have to slow down, understand the movements, move well, you know, don't ego lift, lower the weight when you need to. And then it'll come that once you get that connection, like, for example, when I first started last June, I had zero connection with my lats and now I built a connection and now my lats, I would say are fairly impressive. So Mm -hmm. once you get that connection, things actually do happen pretty quick, but it's finding a good coach, you know, doing research on your own is another one because I think coaches can teach you so much, but if you have that will and desire and, you know, that quest for knowledge, it's going to just do you a whole lot of, you know, good later on down the road because you're actually learning things not just being told okay move like this I'm a big person of why am I moving like this why am I doing this what is being worked how can I modify this for someone like me with longer arms or whatever it may be Um, Mm -hmm. so always ask questions do your own research that doesn't mean your coach is wrong but at least you can bring some well-formed questions to your coach then that can help likely with your training
2: and as you alluded to you can individualize your you know your approach because everyone is a little bit different everyone's context a little different everyone's proportions a little different you know Uh,
1: yeah for example like my my hack squat i hate hack squat because my legs are so short my torso is long so i have a lot of pressure in my lower back so i do like a pendulum squat instead where i feel like i just have more control and i feel more quad activation
2: do you do well with free squatting patterns too
1: mostly i would say yes um just not for very high reps. I can do a decent load for lower reps, but when it gets higher again, I get a little bit of soreness in my lower back. Mm -hmm. And I could also be performing the movement wrong, but I feel like for me, it's, I just, my upper body just takes so much of the hit when my legs are just so, I don't know, dinky almost.
0: All right. Well, good, good. I love it. I, patience is, I think, something that's often overlooked, right? Everyone wants the magic secret, you know, what can I do here? What exercise do I need to do where in reality, it's just give it time. Yeah. Um. So for those that want to learn from you, for those that want to follow your prep journey this year and in the future, where can people find you?
1: Uh, on Instagram, mainly just at T-Fitty. Um, I don't really go on Facebook that often. So yeah, just Instagram when I am available. Usually on the off season, I take some time off, but during competition mm-hmm. time, I'm usually posting quite a bit.
0: (laughs) Okay, there we go. So T Fitty on Instagram. Well, we appreciate you coming onto the podcast. I think this was a great conversation. Um, And I think that just about wraps it up for the latest episode of the Natty News Daily Podcast.
1: Thank you guys for having me.
2: Thank you, T, for coming on.